0: Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, I'm so glad to see each and every one of you. I tell you what, I miss you when we don't get to be together like uh, like we're accustomed to. Uh, but I'm glad every one of you is here this morning. It's a blessing to be able to be in church, out of church. Amen. We're out of church, but we're in church. Uh I tell you, our heart is heavy for everything that's going on because there's so many people who are uh, being affected by this this virus. Uh, so many people are, uh, you know, have, have lost loved ones and and friends, and and we need to continue to be in prayer uh, for them and 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 just to speak peace over their lives. Uh, you know, I. This is of the devil, you know. It's not God's not judging people. It's it's the devil trying to kill people. Amen. And God loves you, and He loves. Uh, he has a plan for everybody's life, and so we need to be there to. Uh, if we can't be in person with people, we need to be in the place where we can bring encouragement to them, uh, in one form or another of communication. Amen. Open up your Bibles, if you would. First Corinthians chapter five. I want to lay a foundation. Uh, we're, you know, we're celebrating Passover, resurrection, Sunday, except here we are on Saturday. But, uh, you know, we're supposed to have rain tomorrow, so we sure didn't want to miss an opportunity to be able to be together, uh, with each other. And so we're going to be talking about Passover. And I I want to talk about, uh, what it really means to us. And so we're going to go through some scriptures and, and just be built up. But I'm glad that, uh, uh, Jesse and Johnny and, and their kids are here today. That's a blessing. So glad to have you. And I'm glad that Josh and Anna are here today. Amen. I'm glad all of you are here today. I'm glad that uh, Glennie felt like coming this, this day. It's, it's just a blessing. I tell you, when, when, when we're not together, you, you feel an ache in your heart. Amen. All right. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 5. Just to lay a foundation, I, I, I want us to start reading in verse number 6. First Corinthians chapter 5. Verse number 6. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth and they had some problems. I don't know about you, but I still got some problems in my life. But I know the problem solver. Amen? You know the problem solver. So you may have some uh, living in your life which is just a type of hindrance of the enemy, sin. But uh, Jesus can take care of it. Amen? He's the one that by His blood can wash it out of our lives and by His power, you and I can be delivered from it. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 6. Paul says to the church, Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Verse number 7. He said, Purge out or cleanse thoroughly therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ... Now mark this down. This is why we're reading these scriptures. For even Christ, our Passover... Say, He's my Passover... For even Christ, our Passover is, present tense, come on, happened 2,000 plus years ago, but it's right now, amen? Christ is, He's our Passover, but what? He is the sacrifice for us. Come on, He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world for you, for me, amen? Therefore, let us keep the feast. Let us remember this Passover. Let's, let's let's honor it. Let's participate in it. Not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice or wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're so grateful. We're so thankful, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to keep this feast, the feast of Passover, where you said it was the feast forever. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, I ask that you would just touch each one of us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Give us eyes to see. Give us a wise and understanding heart. And if there's any leaven in our lives, don't let us be discouraged or overwhelmed by it. But let us know that through the Passover, the person that we're going to look at in just a moment of the Passover, Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven, but we can also be delivered. And Father, as a group of people, we pray for everyone that is under pressure right now that uh, have lost their jobs, that are dealing with uh, uncertainty, that are dealing with all the anxiety that is going through the world and all the questions that are being uh, uh, brought up in our hearts, Lord. We ask that You just speak truth and peace and let Your comfort come upon every person. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. And we all say... Amen, Hallelujah! I'll try to get over here if this will let me. Thank you, Lord. So, don't you? Aren't you encouraged today that Jesus Christ is present tense our Passover? Yes. Now, so we're going to look at some things. I, 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 Lord willing, Lord, the Holy Ghost leading us and directing us. I want us to look at the reality that the person of the Passover, which is Jesus, and I want us to look at the passion of the Passover. And then lastly, I want us to look at the, the permanence. It's a finished deal. The work of the Passover is finished. Amen. And so I want us to look at these three things out of the Word of God. And I want you this morning just to leave here with the understanding how much Jesus Christ loves you. Amen. The Bible says there's not one thing that can separate you and I from the love of God. I need to know that. Amen. Did you push record? Because I didn't boy, you're good. Hallelujah. So anyway, so I I want us to see some things. Let's talk about the person of Jesus Christ because, you know, if we can understand the person of Jesus Christ, then we can understand the reality of how much He loves us and how much He is willing to follow us and maybe help us change our direction just a little bit? How maybe to uh, give us insight and encouragement when all the darkness tries to come around us? I believe that, don't you? That he wants to do that. So, first of all, you and I got to just see some few things. Go with me to the scripture that Brother Corey uh, paraphrased just a moment ago. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. And let's see what it says about this Jesus, this Passover. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, For unto us a child is born. I want us to think about that just for a minute. For unto us. See, Jesus Christ was born for you. He was born for me. But you have to accept Him, amen? I have to accept Him. And uh, Brother Duckett was calling on the name of the Lord a while ago. And the Holy Ghost came on him, amen? And he got his breath back. That's the kind of Jesus He is. He is a personable Jesus. In other words, He'll meet you where your need is. He'll meet me where my need is. So it doesn't matter what your need is. There's not one place that His arm is too short that He can't reach into your life and make a difference. Amen? So for unto us. But I've got to make sure that I recognize that the Christ, who is the Passover, my Passover, that I understand that He was born as a child. And notice this. It says, Unto us a Son is given, and the government, the kingdom, shall be upon His shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Miracle, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All of those things are attributes that Jesus wants you and I to know Him after we've come to Passover. In other words, after we have... uh, Seen that we had sin. See the Bible tells us for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, through that lamb that see on Passover they took and the, uh, of the flock and they sacrificed that perfect lamb that had been set aside. And 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 Jesus Christ, He fulfilled all the types and the shadows of the Old Testament for you and I to be able to partake of that Passover. So, unto us, but to understand how much God loves you through Jesus, let's think about some things. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus was born in the same flesh body as you and I. Now, He was God, but He was flesh. He was man. Amen? And so, think about your life today. When you woke up this morning, you had some things on your heart. You you had some things that you're thinking about. You're thinking about coming to church this morning, but you're thinking about what you got to do this evening. You're thinking about what you got to do uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week and so on and so forth. There's a lot of things in your heart. And, and you've got plans. You've got desires. Uh, you've got trips that you're planning and all of these things. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus Christ, He was born in the same flesh as you and I, don't you know he had plans? He had a will. Because remember, he had to go to the Father and he said, Father, not my will, but... So, if he if he was going to be fully tempted, and he was, he had to feel like you feel. He had to have all of these things in his life. So, think about it. When he was born, he loved his mama. Come on, he loved his family. And when, no doubt, Joseph uh, having died, there... He wanted to be in that place where he took care of her in the the natural sense. But yet he had a pull on his life from the time he was 12 years old to be about his father's heavenly father's business. So I want you to think about that. So he is pulled just like you are pulled. But he laid all of that down because he said, I was born for all the world. I was born to reveal the love of God. See, for God so loved the world. Come on, that's me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave Jesus the Passover Lamb. He gave Him for me. And, and, and so I, I've got to see that, that that love is there and that desire is there. It is so strong that He's mindful about me. See, Jesus, He went out of His way. He must needs go through Samaria to go to one little lady at a well. Come on, we know the story. But he had to go to her because he wanted to minister to her. Why? Because he wanted to save her. He wanted to bring victory and deliverance to her. And then he was able to use her to reach the whole area. See, your life is so important. People listen to you. They look to you. And you have influence on them. And when you talk about the Passover lamb, you're talking about him because you know him intimately and personally. And it makes an impact on your world. Amen? All right, so let's, let's think about this just for a minute. Go with me to uh, uh, 1 John. Let's, let's see something about the love of God through Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 3. Look at verse number 16. 1 John 3.16 Hereby perceive we the love of God because He, Jesus Christ, laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But I want you to see that it tells us that that Jesus not only physically laid down His life and He did that that we could be born again that we could be forgiven but emotionally He laid down His life. And, And so I want you to think about how powerful your emotions are, how powerful my emotions are. Come on, sometimes uh, my emotions are so strong that I got to find me a place to get along with Jesus to keep them from overcoming the Spirit. Amen? But, and that's what the Lord did. He set forth, Jesus set forth those examples. But I, I want you to see that He done it because He loved you. Amen. Now, if somebody loved you enough to lay down their life for you, don't you know that they're not going to? Uh, give up on you. They're they're not going to be pointing fingers at you. See, the, the love of God is that He's always trying to reach out and pull you to Himself. He's not satisfied until you are in the place that John was at, at this Passover meal, your head on His bosom. He, he wants you to lay your head. That's how close He wants you to be because He wants you to hear His heartbeat. Because if his heart is beaten, now I'm talking metaphorically here, then you know that you're going to be alive because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm the way that you come to the Father. And as long as the Lord's alive, you're going to be alive. And He lives forever. Amen? Hallelujah. So we have no cares this morning. There, sure, there's a lot of things to be anxious about in the natural if we want to, but because Christ is our Passover and because we see that He is the Son of God that gave His life for us, it makes everything possible. It makes you have... First 1 Timothy 1.1 1, 1, Because you are trusting in Jesus Christ, you abound. You have hope. Amen? There's no hope in this world. Come on, I've tried it all. And it doesn't work. It'll let you down, amen? But the hope that you have is in the success, in the risen fact that Jesus Christ defeated death, amen? All right. So let, let's look just a little bit more at this. Go with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, let's start reading it, verse number 5. And look what it says about this Passover, this Jesus Christ. It says, "...let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus." who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a serpent, a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now notice this. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. See, the Passover lamb, Christ is our Passover. He was sacrificed for us. Somebody had to die because of my sin. Somebody had to die. And there was only one that was qualified and that was one that was sinless. That's Jesus. Amen? And so he, what did he do? He looked to his father and he said, Father, I'll go. Even though he was equal with God the Father, he said, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and put my spirit in a flesh body and I'm going to go and live for 33 and a half years or whatever sinless because I love you, Father, but I love those people. That's how much God loves you. He was willing to do that. He suffered through everything that you and I can imagine emotionally and all of these things that He did with. He had feelings just like you. He had feelings just like me. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But... He was willing to make Himself, it said, obedient to death. Now let's think about that just for a second. Here's Jesus Christ, the sinless Lamb of God, the Son of God. He becomes obedient to death. Hebrews 2.14 tells us that Satan is death. He bowed down and took my place where I didn't have to bow down to the devil. Amen? Come on now, that's the power of the one who loves you. That's the Passover that was sacrificed for us. And what does the Scripture say? It says, Wherefore God has, have highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name. That sacrifice, it took care of everything that could come against you and I. Come on. Sin of all sorts. Hatred. Disappointment. Confusion. Uh, addiction. All of those things that can be in my life can be in your life. That name of Jesus Christ is above all of those things. So when the thing that you struggle with, the thing that I struggle with, we let the Passover, the person of the Passover take care of it. Amen? All right. So let's look at his the passion, the passion of the Passover, because the Bible says that Jesus Christ, everywhere He went, He was moved with compassion. And Mark one forty one, Matthew 9.36, just two examples you can look at in your home study time. He was continually being moved by compassion because he was a person of passion. I want you to know that the first thing Jesus Christ done this morning, the Bible says that he made intercession for you. He prayed for you. That's how passionate he is about you. I want you to know that you, that, that you cannot go anywhere and get away from Him, away from His love. See, the psalmist David, he said, if I go and make my bed in the pit of hell, He's there. If I ascend on high, He's there. Everywhere you're at, Jesus is there. Why? Because He's passionate about you. you realize He knows you better than you know yourself? He knows everything about you. He knows the word that is in your tongue before you speak it. But yet, he, I've got some bad words in my tongue at times. Words that don't please Him. Words that confuse myself. But yet, He never pulls away from me. Yet, He draws closer to me. Amen? Because He is my Passover. He is sacrificed for me. And He has a passion for me. See, He'll follow you to the end of the earth to get you. See, there's a story... It, it, it tells us that this man talking about Jesus, he, he had 99 sheep that were with him, but there was one sheep that was gone. And what did he do? He went on a journey to get that one sheep. That's the passion of Jesus. And so I don't care where you're at, where I'm at, where the, uh, all of our family or friends is at, I want you to know the Lord is looking into their heart. He's talking to them. He's visiting them because I know because he visits me. He visits you. Amen. We have that assurance. All right. Um, I want us to see something here in uh, John chapter 12. Let's look at his passion. John chapter 12, verse 27. Jesus is talking. He's getting ready to go to the cross and be that Passover lamb. And He tells us, He says, Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause I came unto this hour. Now I want you to think about the passion of Jesus. See, when the serpent come into the garden and brought sin because of the fall of man, in Genesis 3.15... God spoke out that Jesus was coming. He prophesied that. Now, think about that. That, some, now 6,000 years ago or whatever. But at this point, it had been 4,000 years, and here Jesus is. He had been waiting in heaven to come to save you, to save me. That's his passion. And, and so when he says, My soul is troubled, He's talking about His mind, will, and emotions because He is fixing to have to leave the, 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 the 12, but not just the 12, the 70, but not just the 70, all of those that He walked here on earth with, He's fixing to have to leave them and He's going to be separated from them as He hangs on that cross. And He's, he's thinking about all of these things, but His passion is that He wants to make sure that not one is lost. Amen? That's His passion. Now notice, go over to the 13th chapter and look at the first verse. John 13, 1, it says, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. Now think about that. All He was thinking about was how much He loved So his passion, his passion is that he wants you and I and everyone that hears the message to receive the love of God. That's his heart's desire. He wants you to have a fresh revelation. Me have a fresh revelation every morning about the love of God. He wants you to receive that love because see, the love of God, it invigorates you. The love of God, it encourages you. The love of God calls you to come into that place of abundant life. Amen? And so here his passion is. Now, this 13th chapter is dealing with what all he done. He went and he washed the disciples' feet to show them that he loved them and he was going to make a way that they could have everything that was in their life clean. Come on now, you know, when we walk through the world, we get our feet dirty. And, and he's making a spiritual metaphor here. He's helping us to see that, that in this world, there's going to be times when you mess up. You, you, you step in something. But he is the humble servant that was the Passover lamb that made it possible for us to be what? To be washed. To be washed. So don't be discouraged when things happen. Just keep looking to the, the Passover lamb, to who Christ is to you. Amen? Because that passion is that he has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And so anything in your life, in my life, that is not where it should be, he wants to make it right. Amen. You have that assurance. You have that confidence. So I want you just to be in that place where this, this word comes into your heart and it builds you up. Amen. All right. Now let's turn over here to, uh, turn back to the sixth chapter. I want you to read you a verse talking about his his passion and and about what he felt. He just got through bringing truth to some people. And it says in verse number 66 that after they heard that truth, it said, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, can you imagine, you know, there's been people in our our family and our friends that we, we have shared truth with them that we wanted to help them, we wanted to bless them, we wanted to encourage them, and for whatever reason, they didn't receive it. Now, you take your passion and think about how that hit you. Come on, it, it hurts you because you had something better for them. But here, Jesus brought this great truth to them. He said, I am the true bread that comes down from heaven. And he said, if you eat of my body, which is the bread of life, and if you drink of my blood, if in other words, if you accept that Passover lamb's blood that is shed. He said, you're going to have the life that you've been dreaming of. Glory. All right, but when they heard that truth, they didn't understand it and they turned and they walked away. But the passion of Him was that I'm going to keep bringing the truth no matter what. So you, you have that assurance that maybe there's some things in your life you don't understand. Well, don't turn away. Just know that the Lord has a passion for you and He's going to keep working on you. He kept bringing the truth to these. And He's a truth bringer. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of truth. And when Jesus went away, He sent that Holy Spirit for you and for me to change our life. Amen? Alright. Now, we've got to see that because Jesus shed His blood, everything's going to be alright if we partake of it. In Hebrews chapter 10... I want you to see the permanence of the finished work of what He'd done. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says in verse number 10, By which we, will, which we, which will we are sanctified right now by the present tense, by the which will we are sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He don't have to go back to the cross. He would have to do a work again. It's done. Because see, John 19, 30, when He spread out His his arms on that cross and He looked up into heaven and He said, It is finished. His blood, His sacrifice, that Passover lamb, it was once for all. Now notice this. Uh, It says in verse number 12 that by this man, by Jesus, after He would offered one sacrifice for sins forever, forever, he sat down on the right hand of God and from henceforth expecting till His enemies be made His footstool. Now, but look at verse 14. For by one offering He hath perfected forever, for by one offering He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So, in other words, what does it mean to be sanctified? Here it means to be made holy, to be made righteous. See, Jesus Christ... He becomes sin, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He was made sin that you and I could be made righteous. So it's settled forever. So all we've got to do is call on the name of the Lord. And when we call upon the name of the Lord, that sin that we had in our life that dominated us, that controlled us, it was exchanged for the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that righteousness means you're in right standing with God... And if you're in right standing with God, it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. Jesus wants you to have victory and it's settled forever. Revelation 22 tells us that when you've been made holy, that you're a part of that eternal city and that once you're made holy, you're holy forever. Amen? You say, well, I don't feel holy. You don't go by how you feel. You go by what God says. Amen? And when God makes you, when He sanctifies you, when He makes you holy, you're holy in your spirit. Amen? Alright. So, let's read one last verse just to build you up. Uh, I want you to take it home with you and I want you to get it in your heart. In the, uh, Paul wrote to the church at Colossae in Colossians chapter 1. He says in verse number 14, he says, In whom, in Jesus, this Passover lamb... This one that that we're talking about today. We have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now think about that. See, the moment that you and I were born into this world, because we were born into a fallen world, we were born into sin, and when we come to the age of accountability and we had an understanding, all of a sudden we become under the ownership of the devil. But Jesus said, I love you so much that I'm going to be that Passover lamb and I'm going to buy you back. That's what redeem means. It means that Jesus Christ bought you back. Amen? He redeemed you and He washed away your sin. So don't let anybody label you according to your sin. Come on, because the Lord doesn't even remember it. The Bible says that when He washes your sin away, it's gone forever. Amen? Now, we still have to deal with things. We're not, we're not naive. We understand that, that we still got a flesh body and we still got a mind uh, that tries to overtake our spirit. But well, we got to be cautious, amen, and trust in His finished work. Now, notice this. I'm going to back up now and read verse 13 and we'll close. Talking about Jesus who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. And has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. See, we got to understand that when we call upon the name of the Lord, and we accept this Passover Lamb, we see the person uh, of of Passover, we see the passion of Passover, and we see the permanence of it. You don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. See that so many times you uh, the devil will come to us and he'll say. What if you do this again what if you mess up again well i'm I, I don't want to be a a party pooper but you're probably going to mess up okay uh, i i I may not be the best one to look to because I I, I I mess up but I trust in the one who has what who has gave his life for me so on this passover celebration i I, I want you to see that that when you call upon the name of the Lord in the blood of Jesus, that sacrificial lamb comes over your life, that all of a sudden you're translated. You, you have kingdom authority now. You, you're you you're in this world, but you're not of this world. And the devil doesn't... He cannot manipulate you unless you allow him to. He can't manipulate me unless I allow him to. I have authority to stand up and say, no, you don't, devil, in the name of Jesus. I'm not going that way. I'm not talking that way. I'm not believing that. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. I want to close with this story. There's a little boy. His name was Tommy. And Tommy uh, and his dad, they built this little craft project of this little sailboat. And so he couldn't wait after they got that sailboat built to take it out. So he, uh, he was supposed to wait till his dad got home, but he didn't do it. Ever been there before? Dad, I just can't wait. I'm going to do what I want to do. So he took the little sailboat out and he put it in the little little creek there. And he had a string tied to it because he thought everything will be fine as long as i got this string tied to it. All of a sudden, that sailboat, little sailboat, it got in a, a current and it pulled and it popped that string. As it popped that string, boy, it took off down that stream. And the little boy, he was running after that sailboat with everything he had, but he couldn't catch it. And before long, it started getting dark and he knew he would be in trouble so he had to go home. He was so sad thinking about that lost sailboat. And so he got up the next morning and he was walking through the town headed to, back to the far end of that creek to try to find it. And he walked past this little, uh, what we would call today a pawn shop, but this was a uh, hundred years ago, so just a little store. And as he walked by that in the window, he saw this little sailboat. And he said, that looks like my sailboat. So he walked up to it and he, sure enough, he said, that's my sailboat. So he walked in and he told the, the storekeeper, he said, hey, I lost my sailboat yesterday. That's mine. And the storekeeper said, well, I'm sorry, son. Somebody come in and they're, they're having me to sell it for them. If you want it, it'll cost you a dollar. So the little Tommy, he run home, he broke open his piggy bank, and he counted out everything he had, and he had exactly a dollar. He went back and he gave it to the storekeeper, and he bought that sailboat back. And as he walked out of the, the door, he looked back at the storekeeper, and he said, this little sailboat was mine because me and my daddy made it. But now I own it because I bought it. talking about the Passover lamb. See, when you believe that Jesus loves you and you call upon the name of the Lord, he owns you. Now that doesn't that isn't detrimental. That's exciting because if he owns us, he's going to take care of us. Cuz he said when you become a part of my flock, when you let me be your shepherd, he said you shall not lack. Amen. He said I'll meet your needs. He said I'll talk to you and said you'll hear me. Call you by name. And I'll lead you to places that you've never been before. Amen? Pray with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. I thank you that on this day, this Passover day, the day that we celebrate your resurrection, that you did defeat hell, death, and the grave. You did defeat everything the devil has. And Lord, I ask right now that you would just touch each one of us, starting right here with my heart. And anything, Lord, that would be a hindrance or limitation... Help us be able to give it to You. Exchange it for the righteousness of God. Exchange it for Your blood where we can have deliverance and victory in all situations and circumstances. Lord, we ask that You'd touch and draw. You'd give us truth right now like we've never had before. We praise You and we thank You for it in the name of Jesus. If you need prayer, I want to pray with you about anything. Anybody need prayer? Because I want you to know that Jesus Christ, He has a passion for you. He has a desire for you. He doesn't want you to be hindered or limited in any way. He wants you to see that He is that Lamb sacrificed for your sin, for my sin. But He wants more than that. He wants a fellowship with us. He wants to walk with us day by day. Anybody need prayer?